Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing? Uh, over here, I am in a fantastic mood. It's a weekend, and it's been a flurry of activity all around the house, and a flurry of activity all on my side. And I'm having a lot of fun, which I think makes a big difference if we've got a lot going on, if we're enjoying ourselves throughout the process. None of it ever really feels like work. <laughs> I'm really excited because I've got some new things going on that you can take advantage of too. I've started a Facebook group and as soon as we get to 10 members, the plan is for me to be doing a free class every Saturday. So coming to you live and recording the videos and having them there for you to reference. Uh, it's called Certainty for Overthinkers. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. But if you're interested and you're wanting a little bit more interaction with me, that's a really great way to go about it. I also launched the Patreon for this podcast, where you can get the full and only roughly cut extended Her Side interviews. So uh, head on over to Patreon, take a look if you support the podcast. I would love that, obviously. Though listening, following, subscribing downloading, participating, that also lets me know that you're supporting the podcast, and I really appreciate that too. Today I want to address a question that I've seen come up a few times, and I've got opinions. <laughs> and the question I want to take a look at today is, is NoFap for me? And if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, what is NoFap? My first question is, you must have never been on Reddit before, you know, where are you spending your time online? Uh, but beyond that, like, I'm happy to provide a definition. I took this one from Urban Dictionary, which defines NoFap as an online community with thousands of members who practice avoiding all forms of artificial sexual stimulation, including watching porn and masturbating. And I first learned about NoFap through Reddit, because I'm a really long-term Redditor, and it's where I get a lot of my uh, news online. I should also point out, though, NoFap nowadays is also a registered trademark that belongs to Alexander Rhodes, who created the NoFap website over at nofap.com. There, he offers weekly support calls and community forums. So the first thing I'd like to say is that really there's nothing new under the sun. Abstaining from masturbation is a practice that's been used to various ends throughout history. In some sectors, it's been a long-term spiritual practice for some, and in a lot of cases, there are religious edicts against masturbation, either for members of, say, a priest class or a priesthood, or also for followers of various religions. I think really our obsession with not fapping, right, an obsession with not masturbating being a good thing, really picked up steam during the Victorian era. Because there was a belief in Victorian society that onanism, which is what they called masturbation, uh, that onanism causes disease. And so there was a really quite 
violent and widespread repression of masturbation at that time. For example, this is where practices like circumcision came out of purely religious communities and started being used as a more quote-unquote hygienic method to try to help make sure that young boys don't masturbate. You also saw the beginning of the practice of clitoridectomy, so that's the removal of clitorises. It's what I said, like violent repression, guys. And then there were also some more, like, looking back, funnier approaches towards trying to discourage masturbation. So have you ever eaten a bowl of Kellogg's cornflakes? Or have you ever snacked on some graham crackers or used some graham crackers to make s'mores? Well, both of those are foods that were classed as bland foods and created and formulated very specifically with the purpose in mind of discouraging masturbation. There was a belief among the Victorians as well that eating spicy foods might stir the passions and cause masturbation to happen, which again, they believed caused disease, so they wanted to prevent it. And one approach that was prescribed to people was consuming a bland diet of foods like cornflakes and like graham crackers. I also want to point out that a repression of masturbation, so specifically calling it out and discouraging it violently or otherwise, is a recurring feature of far-right and fascist regimes. So Nazis, hey, you know, it wouldn't be a discussion about NoFap in the internet if we didn't also bring up Nazis, but seriously, it was discouraged among the Nazi regime that, you know, good Aryan men don't masturbate. And in particular, this was imposed on soldiers. And then if we look at nowadays, the Proud Boys, which is a neo-fascist, I don't know what you want to call them, a neo-fascist group. I wouldn't necessarily call them a movement. They're more part of a wider movement uh, on the alt-right. I mean, alt-right is basically just a code word for neo-fascism, but I digress. The Proud Boys are pretty obsessed with no masturbation as being a marker of in-group belonging. So to become a Proud Boy, you have to give up masturbation. But then even on the like lighter side of the alt-right, far-right, you have folks like Jordan Peterson, who while not saying that you're basically out if you're a masturbator, uh, has said some pretty disparaging things in his speeches in the press about masturbation. So why, why do various religions focus on banning masturbation? Why did the Victorians do it? Why do far-right and fascist regimes do it? Well, one thing all of them have in common is a desire to control large groups of people towards various ends. And my view is that if you have control over someone's sexuality, you have a great deal of control over that individual person in their life at large. Though none of us is out there in the world saying, I want to be controlled. I mean, some people are. That's kind of a BDSM thing. But I think in the day-to-day, -day, we're, not, we're not thinking in those terms. So a question that I'd like to pose to you is, well, why do people choose NoFap? And I think there's a variety of reasons, actually. A very common one, that I come across is taking it on as a personal challenge. Can I do this? Can I give up masturbation for a month, three months, six months? And I think that that is something that can be 
quite positive in a way. If you choose it because you'd just like to see what it would be like or if you can do it, oh, why not? It's your body. You're the sovereign of your body and you can make that choice, of course. Another reason I've seen people choosing NoFap to participate in the community or to take it on as a practice is, and I'm making air quotes right now, porn addiction recovery. So guys, like I am of the point of view that porn addiction isn't a thing. And you really, even if you disagree with me, I would encourage you to be skeptical of the information that you see on the internet about porn addiction. I want to point out that there is a really heavy involvement of Mormons in a lot of the research taking place about porn addiction. If you've ever come across the website or the social media of Fight the New Drug, the, the group that started it, I believe three of the five of them are Mormons, and a lot of the research that they reference was done at Brigham Young University, which is a Mormon university in Utah. Erotophobia, right, this fear of the erotic is something that, that I see in a lot of this porn addiction material. Now, that's not to say that you might feel like or you might believe that, hey, like, actually, my consumption of porn is getting in the way. I'm not doing this in a way that feels good for me. But I, I think you have options other than saying, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm a porn addict for, for recovering. Another reason people choose NoFap is to be part of a community. And that could be as simple as being part of the NoFap community on Reddit or on the NoFap website and being part of a group of people that are all engaged in a common mission. I think that's something that's really missing from our lives nowadays and that this is one way to go in and say, hey, you know, I'm going to embark on something challenging together with a group of my peers, a group of other people where I'm going to be supported and I'm going to be able to give support to others. That's no small thing, guys. Like that is something that is highly valuable to a lot of people. And like I mentioned, is missing, missing in a lot of people's lives. It is also part of being a community, though, for some folks who are getting involved with organizations like the Proud Boys, which I am wholeheartedly against. I think another reason that people choose NoFap is to feel a sense of control over something in their lives. Again, in our current context in the world, I'm recording this while the coronavirus pandemic is still sweeping the planet. When, when the world feels out of control all around us, being able to assert control and really feel a sense of control over one part of our lives can again become hugely valuable. I think another reason people choose NoFap is because they have bought into myths, which I want to bust for you right now. So one of those myths is that not fapping, not masturbating will increase your testosterone and therefore make you more appealing to women. Uh, no. <laughs> like there, there's no basis in scientific fact for that. Women who pass you by on the street have no awareness of whether you're masturbating or not. Another common myth is that not masturbating makes you more productive. And I guess I could see that being the case if, if you're at a point where you're basically spending all of your free time masturbating. But 
it, it's not like stopping masturbating is suddenly going to turn you into a productivity machine. Another myth that's quite common and that I'd like to dispel right now is that not masturbating gives you more energy. And I think this links to the fact that when you experience orgasm, your body gets flooded with both dopamine and oxytocin. And oxytocin is that, it's a really interesting hormone because it's the one that makes you feel a sense of being loved and connected to other people. It's released when we, when we hug people or when we hold babies. Oddly enough, oxytocin is also the thing that causes contractions during childbirth. So like, it's a pretty hardcore <laughs> hormone. But one thing it does is when you get a burst of oxytocin, it makes you feel calm, it makes you feel relaxed, and it makes you feel sleepy. My, my counter anecdata against this, which maybe I should commission a study, I don't know, is some of my friends and I have a practice of taking a quote-unquote fap nap. So that's where you drink a cup of coffee, you masturbate, and then you take a quick 15-minute nap, and you wake up completely and totally energized. So I'll give you that one for free. If you're wanting to put a bit of pep in your step in the afternoon, try a fap nap. Finally, another reason I've come across as to why people choose no fap is linked into a wider conspiracy theory, one that's kind of racist. And the theory goes that such and such a group wants you to masturbate rather than procreate. I mean, honestly, as, as a lifelong masturbator, and asking you to think about your own life and experiences with self-love. Have you, have you ever, you know, gone and masturbated because somebody from X or Y group said, oh, you know what's really great? Masturbation. Probably not. Though I'm telling you that right now. Like, I'm a massive proponent for masturbation. And I'm also really supportive of you procreating if that's what you and your partner chooses. But anyway, I'd like to come back to the central question for this episode which is, is NoFap for you? Because it's a very personal decision. I can't make that decision. You'd have to make it yourself. And if you're listening to this and you're considering, do I want to do NoFap? I want to present a couple of different things for you to consider. What I think matters the most is that you make your own choice based on your own desires. If you're going to choose NoFap, choose it because you really want it. And choose it because you want it for an intrinsic reason. So choosing it because, well, I want it because if I don't do this, then I'm displeasing God, for example. Or, well, I, I want it because I don't want to get kicked out of this group. Or because if, if I don't choose it, then it means that I'm not a man. You see what I mean? Like each one of those has a slightly coercive element attached to it. What I'm encouraging you to do is really take some time and reflect. Do I want this? If, if nobody knew I was choosing NoFap, would I still do it? So what I'm going to encourage you to do is really take some time and reflect on what do you want. And as you're doing so, really something else to keep in mind, something else to be aware of, is what role is sexual shame playing in my decision-making process? I'd mentioned earlier that a lot of the anti-porn research that takes place is funded by Mormons. And I mentioned the idea of erotophobia, so fear of the erotic. And I want you to consider what emotions come up for you when you masturbate. A lot of men I speak to tell me that 
while they enjoy the sensations of pleasure while they're masturbating, very shortly after orgasm, they feel really strong feelings of guilt or disgust or other really negative emotions about themselves. That isn't an intrinsic part of masturbation. That's rooted in sexual shame. So if that happens to you, I just want to take a moment and say it doesn't have to be that way. Sex coaches like me would love to help you make that shift so that if you're going to self-pleasure, you can enjoy the shit out of it. I also want to point out that masturbation has a lot of concrete benefits. First of all, for all the men listening, it is really supportive of prostate health. So having regular masturbation and regular ejaculation at least once a week can help to keep your prostate healthy. The other thing is, right, guys, masturbation is free and you can do it by yourself. You don't need any other inputs. You don't need to pay anybody. Your pleasure is not dependent on somebody else's desire or lack thereof. And that's a really powerful thing. You know, if I was going to put on my tinfoil hat, right, and get conspiratorial myself, I would say, well, you know, why do you think they don't want you to masturbate? They want you spending your money somewhere else. They want you dependent on others. They want you dependent on the pleasure you get from spending money in order to to experience dopamine. But tinfoil hat aside, it is free and it is something you can do by yourself. I think that's definitely a plus. More importantly, though, masturbation is a way to explore how pleasure works for you and get to know your sexuality before you share it with someone else. And this is one of the reasons that masturbation, in my point of view, is important for all human beings. Because when you're able to come to partner sex with a really good knowledge of what feels good to your body and what does not, and when in fact you can show this and communicate this to your partner, it's first of all going to make it a lot easier for them to be able to help you experience pleasure. And it's going to be a lot nicer for you, right? You're going to get to experience so much more pleasure in partner sex if you're able to express to your partner what it is you like. Another really important thing about masturbation, which I don't think gets mentioned enough, is that it is accessible throughout your lifespan. Our lives are dynamic. They shift and change. We go through periods when we're single. We go through periods when we're partnered. We go through periods when we're ill. And also thinking about it, you know, you don't stop being a sexual person in your old age, right? I mean, think about this. Have you ever stopped to think about what happens with older people? What happens for older people who are maybe in a nursing home or maybe their spouse died many years ago? Just because those things happen, your sexuality doesn't switch off. So if you can sort of cultivate a relationship, a sexual relationship with yourself over time, it's always going to be there, right? You can always be your sexual partner. And to kind of add on to that last point, when masturbation is done from a place of self-love, with the intention to really experience pleasure, to give yourself pleasure, it's empowering. I mean, that's one of the things I want to call out in a lot of this discourse about NoFap, is that there's this point of view that masturbation is disempowering. Look at everything it takes away from you. I, I really want to present a counter-argument here, that 
depending on the intention you go into this with, it can be an extraordinarily empowering activity. One thing I do want to start to wrap up with is that if you do decide to take a masturbation hiatus, it's not harmful. So you aren't going to do yourself physical harm if you decide to stop masturbating for a period of time. What I believe is harmful is making this choice because you quote-unquote should or you quote-unquote have to or you quote-unquote, you know, it's the rule. That, that approach, that intention towards yourself and your own sexuality, I see that as harmful because it's, it's again, connected to sexual shame. So if you choose to stop masturbating, choose it based on an internal motivation, an internal desire to do so. And I encourage you to choose it from the position that masturbation is a valid form of sexual expression and a wonderful option for welcoming pleasure into your life. So it's a pretty big challenge, right? I want you to embrace all of the positives wholeheartedly about masturbation before you make the decision to give it up for a while. And also, if you feel out of control around your sexual behaviors, like masturbating or viewing porn, you have so many options other than, number one, give in to feeling out of control, or number two, completely abstain from these activities. It's, it's, it's one thing you can choose to approach a sex coach or a sex therapist to work on, when you are feeling a compulsivity towards sexual behaviors, we're trained in how to help you with that. And I really want to emphasize, guys, you can experience your sexuality in a way that feels good for you, free from sexual shame. That Again, that is why people like me exist. Don't hesitate to ask for help. And as I mentioned earlier, if you would like to be part of a supportive community, please feel invited to join my free Facebook group. It's called Certainty for Overthinkers. Haha, <laughs> thought you might like that. Uh, a sex and relationship mastermind for the 21st century. There will be free classes every Saturday once we get at least 10 members in there. And I'll do one on porn shortly if today's episode has piqued your interest. All right, craftsmen, I hope to see some of you there in Certainty for Overthinkers. Again, if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it. Also, consider subscribing or following this podcast so you never miss an episode. And I'll catch you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friendzone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today.